Alright, we get home early today then. But in the meantime, we can have some fun talking about it. At least for me, it'll be fun. We'll see. Maybe there'll be some healing necessary. So, one thought I thought of that's sort of fun is that the perfection of the divine idea of mortal life, the inner mind idea of sinfulness, the perfect divine idea of man is Christ. We are of the divine idea of mortal life is its inherent imperfection and expression. Like, you're not perfect. And that's exactly perfect. So, that takes a lot of pressure off right there, I hope. Because actually, we are meant to stumble and bumble. So, as imperfect as my demonstration may appear, it is true. And by the way, forgiveness is yours. It's like an unlimited Chinese buffet. It's right there for you. If you can accept it. It's like uh, Ben Ben Franklin said, congratulations, we have a republic if we can keep it. And I'm not saying that what what Christ is saying is that, yeah, you have forgiveness, unlimited, if you can accept it. And yet we struggle to accept it. That's part of our imperfection. So, why we're here, so we can be who we are, I guess, because we are here, so I don't really know what matters, how we got here or why we're here, but we're here, so what are we going to do with it? So we have this moral construct, this corporeal, this virtual anti-material, I'm going to crack it, but it means I have a body, and because I have a body, I need the process of elimination. 
you know, because if I just keep eating and I don't eliminate, that could be trouble. So it's necessary to eliminate, and it's messy, you know, unless your heart's really delicate about it. And and and, and quite often it's it can be inconvenient as well. But we got to do it because we got to make room for the next input. And and like we're, we're not walking around like empty vessels. We're full. We are wholesome creatures. So if we want to add more, go, heal, expand, we've got to let go, release, we've got old ideas pass on, let new ideas come in. And by the way, it's not just you. Because uh, you know, if you read some of the thoughts of, of Charles Fillmore and, and Roy Powell when they talk about elimination, they'll remind us that some of these ideas we have about who we are in the moral realm, we've been passing those on for a long time, generation to generation to generation. And so a lot of the things that we believe to be true, we just believe because somebody told us it's true. And, and if you add, there's a funny story about, you know, the, why they always cut the ham in half and the girls love them, you know. And, and it is Thanksgiving time, so I guess that story is appropriate. So the girl says, well, why do you do that? She says, I don't know, i got to ask my mom or grandma. Anyway, it turns out that uh, the reason they do that doesn't really show any special benefits, just that great-grandma had a very small stove. <laughs> and she had to cut it in half to get it to stick and cook it in two different places. But that's the type of thing. You followed that. I threw that out there pretty quick. Pretty quickly. But, you know, we carry on traditions of belief and consciousness you know what? It's all up for grabs. So we need a we need a first of all a process to look at things and challenge them, and then a process to figure out what to let go of and what to keep. And that's why the power of wisdom and judgment come in. But we'll talk about the power of elimination today. So we breathe, we eat, we sleep. All these things are part of being mortal. Because in spirit, I think there's just life. We'd probably just all be angels. We're an angel. Okay, if you look on the film, <laughs> but you know, but but what, I mean, I guess it's probably great to be an angel. But isn't it fun to be a human? I mean, would you trade it? I mean, I, I would. We're here. Let's enjoy the ride. Let's talk about the power of thought. This should be old stuff for you by now. Okay, here we go. So, I, I like the way I wrote this. <laughs> I'm joking. But, <laughs> I don't know if anybody saw the, the blurb I put in for the talk, but the intersection of the unity interpretation of the Trinity, which is you know, divine mind, idea, and expression, thought, expression, soul, spirit. So, when that Trinity which is the source of all that is and the expression of all that we see, intersects with this incredible blessing we have called free will. When those two things intersect, we get the power of thought. Because we don't all think the same thing. And we certainly don't, and our thoughts lead to our expression. So in that intersection, um, we get all of creation. And what we choose to think, what I choose to think, and what 
I choose not to sit has a tremendous impact on the demonstration of my faith in Christ. And I would refer to these things as Maldivisions. Um, I can't blame them all on God. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so, the spiritual practices of healing and growth are enhanced by applying the process of elimination to our life. So, you know, we have to judge what to think, what not to think. And more importantly, we have to judge which one of my thoughts am I going to actually act on? And how often have we said, oops, <laughs> I just want to pull that one back, right? So, not all of our judgments are sound. Um, we have errors of judgment. Not everything goes as we intended. I, I thought there was like four different things that could happen. Like, I could think a good thing, and I could intend it to be a certain way, I could act on it, and a good thing could result. That's butter, right? So that's all good. Then I could think a good thing, and then it could uh, go differently than I intended. And it could go as I intended, but it would turn out not to be a good thing. And then I could intend to do something, try to do it, it could go a different direction, but it could still end up good and surprise me. And that would be fortunate, good fortune, right? And then I could intend to do something that could go sideways, go a different way, and turn out really bad. And that would be somebody else's fault. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but anyway, we judge, and then we act, and then we, that creates consequences. And, and I don't want to even focus just on the negative today, but we're focusing on the, on, on the consequences we want to get rid of. So, a lot of the consequences are just pretended situations. But some of the stuff, not. So what do we do then? All right, I made a mess. So the consequence, I might take responsibility for it, or I might not. And there's many, many methods of that that we can determine. So we'll just say, I may or may not take responsibility. If I do take responsibility, I might try to fix it. Or not. And then... I may languish in self-pity. Oh, I'm miserable. I really want to be pastor. Not butter. Not spiritual. And then I may actually punish myself because that will make it better. Oh, you ruined the whole day for everybody. Your wife should be better. Like that one. You know? So, anyway, I don't recommend that. I would say that a lot of our errors in judgment leave a lasting impression. What do we call those? Scars, right? Like, I got one right here. That right back there. Okay, I've, I've got a couple of them. So, constant memory of those. So, I'm not going to tell you about my memories, but I'm going to tell you that you probably have a few scars, too. And uh, they stick with you. The physical scars, yeah, whatever. We're all going to have. Thank you. 
again, there's that communication between the spiritual. Like, I don't think forgiveness is necessary in, in the language of the gospel for us. However, in the translation for women and youth, we need that. We need that process. We need that discussion of true love. So the, the worst thing that we have in, in Judges is not the mistakes that we make from errors in judgment, but how we judge our errors in judgment. Follow that? So, everything we do is perfect. For some reason. It doesn't all feel like a good result. You know? But judging ourselves for what we do doesn't make it any better, regardless of how we feel about it. And so, really, when we judge ourselves, it's in conflict with the divine idea of forgiveness and special justice. So, what happens, you know, and I, it's interesting, over the last few weeks I've been talking to students and stuff, and they're like, why do I hear myself saying this to myself? It's interesting to me, because I think, it, it, in the essence of it, I think it's really comforting that we have the same like the way they relate to us, the way they talk about us. It's mostly it comes down to this. Are you with God? And is God in you and of you? And is Christ living in you? That's kind of the main thing. And I suspect that a lot of people just feel a brilliance of, of God being above and outside of them. And that they're trying to find their way back to God or earn their way back to God. And, and, but, but still, the result is the same when we embrace that idea of something and you're like, oh, you're right. I'm feeling that. It's not just, how am I going to get out of this mess? But when you do harm to yourself or someone else, and you're a human being, <laughs> I think it's like, oh, you feel it and you're like, I need to stop. And the moment you have that feeling, that is when you open the door to the forgiveness.
destiny. Personally, I don't believe in destiny. I don't believe in preordained plans. I don't know if you do. If you do, it's okay, but I just want to tell you why I don't. What I believe in, Chad, is God gives us an infinite potential. This is the intersection of the Trinity and the free will that I mentioned a little bit earlier. It's all there. Everything that ever could be, is, and will be is all contained in the source of divine life. It's all there. It's brought out through the blueprint, which is the idea, and then put into an expression by the force of will. This is where the power of zeal becomes that moving energy that we talked about in October. There's about 8 billion people. I'm going to talk about marriage to show you how this works. The ice gets thin up here, I can tell you. <laughs> the world is like, just think of the population of the world as divine mind. You know? and like, so I have this, this, I'll call it infinite, but this 8 billion, uh, 8 billion potential of who could be my marriage partner today. There's 8 billion opportunities out there. <clears throat> every day, every moment, every second, David. <laughs> I choose you. Right? So that's the idea coming into expression by my free will. Like, Nikki's my wife. Yeah? Alright. So, so I think that's the way it works with God. There's, there's this infinite potential of destiny out there. And then through free will, I get to pick the part of it that I want to bring into expression. So it's not like that happens just because God ordained it to be. It's like, no, that happened because I chose it to be. And what do I do? Third principle of unity, I co-create my reality with God, right? So I'm co-creating from that potential of divine mind through the blueprint of idea into expression. So I can't just blame it on God. That's my point for this lesson. So I might try to absolve the problem, but that doesn't get me anywhere. I might try to resolve the problem by fixing it. That's a very human thing to do. It's a very physical construct. But I might try to dissolve the problem. That's a spiritual problem. That's the healing that comes from alignment with spiritual mind. Knowing that <clears throat> that all is good and finding good in it. So, where does the process of elimination come into play? saying right off the Unity website. Elimination. I say no to anything that no longer serves my highest and best. I release all limiting beliefs, thoughts, and feelings in my consciousness. I create space for the good that is seeking expression in my life. Alright, has everybody done it? I mean, it's not that easy. You can say the words, but like if I tell you you have a thought, I think it's an error thought, and I'm not kidding myself, and I agree with the child of God, and everything, stop thinking about it. How effective is that? How can you stop thinking about something by thinking about it? It's just not that easy. Oh, if you, like, that's why I believe in the theory of the greater yes. Stop smoking. Well, if I want to stop smoking, what do I think about all day long? Cigarette, right? So we can't do a process of elimination by focusing on not thinking about the thing we don't want to think about or thinking about the thing we don't want to think about. It just doesn't make sense from a practical standpoint. So what will we do? Well, there's 
one is in unity with the Father. All we know that I'm sure is denial. That this is a denial of truth. That we deny what we see as being untrue, falsehood, and we affirm the truth. I deny that there's any separation between me and God. I affirm that I'm one with God. That process is useful at work. But still, we have things we've done that we just can't forgive ourselves for. You know, bad memories are kind of like, does anybody remember ABC gum? Like when I was a kid, I kept my gum on my headphones. It took me weeks to get that thing just where I wanted it. And I know this is gross, but I could eliminate that memory, right? <laughs> but now you have it. So let me see what you do with it, you know? But maybe, huh? Back at me. Is that how it works? But, you, you know, you get that gum on the bottom of your shoe, and it's hard as heck to get off of that shoe, right? And then every where, where you walk, what happens? You pick up more icky stuff, right? So those memories, some of them just stick with us. And when I was here a few, I don't know, months ago at this point, I remember I got quite emotional because there's a memory from my past that really was still carrying a lot of pain for me. And I wondered what was going on up there when I got to the bottom of it. And um, I've really worked on that thanks to the opportunities that you guys brought me to bring my heart and my awareness and my consciousness to that. What I realized was is that there was still healing to be done on that memory. That's why I hadn't really embraced it or forgiven it for that. There was still work for me to be done from that. And um, so I, I look at that and I say, well, what good came from that? So that's one of the ways of using the process of is to find the good in the thing that you're having the hardest time letting go of. And, and, and you find the good. And I'm not going to tell you the specific example because of time and, and I'm outside then. But, but I can tell you that I've been using that process of elimination, not just there, but like when, when, when the pain comes up and, and I realize, okay, how am I forgiving myself for that? Well, knock, knock. Okay, well, what's, what's to be done now? Don't go to the languishing and self-pity. Okay. That, but that won't get me through it. That won't help me move to raise my elevation and embrace the truth of what I'm embracing. But then I say, what else am I going to do? Okay, what, what did I learn? What did I benefit? What changed in the world for the better because I made that decision? So I offer that to you as a practice if anyone wants to know how I get myself through those situations and maybe even some blood in there. And the other thing I want to do is just finish by where I began. Anybody remember where we began? What was the message? Anybody? What, 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 Nicole, or what was the... What, what did the guy say in the movie? Ben Stein, Freddie Lee, or... Oh, Bueller! Bueller? It was a different movie. Bueller? Yeah. All true healing is from the inside out. Yeah, and because it, it, it's really our soul that's transformed by the heart. It's really our relationship with our idea of God and Christ. And whether you're a Christian or not, you have this same idea going on. Because this, this is a, a, I believe, a, a transformation of our individual. But I got this idea from a, a loved one I have that has kidney disease. And the surgery is a miracle. And it, it may be good for me, but it's caused a lot of pain and suffering. And it's caused that by the disease. And now there's a couple of bleeding in there. 
what happens is what follows. When we try to chase on some stuff from the top, it's kind of a false humility because we, we can't love the depth of the, of the hurt. And we don't address the root of it. We think we're better, but we're not. And that's what happened with this wound. It kind of healed over, and then it split back open. So they have they do this process they call tapping the wound. Anybody familiar with that? Why do we do that? You know, well, we tap the wound to keep it open so that it will heal from the inside. And so, same with us. It's like, if you think, if you keep trying to move past something and you can't move past it, you probably think something superficial is wrong. But there's something deeper there. And, and what is there for you? Maybe it gets to this point of thinking. But it's problematic and it's further than we thought. Spiritual power access. Where I would say it's and, and and just tie this on to the life that we have. We're going to heal. We're going to transform and fold. And so, in closing, I say I, but I'm I. I am perfect in my imperfection. Expression of Christ. Divine love inspires my process and cleanses my soul. I am blessed by forgiveness to receive 